Welcome to Revealed in Ephesians, week three, day three. My name is Brianna, and I want to welcome you and thank you for coming and listening with me as we are studying through Ephesians together. This is one of my favorite topics in Ephesians. And honestly, I probably say that about almost every single thing that I talk about because Ephesians is so rich. It's like having chocolate cake for breakfast. I love it. I love it. Um, And especially this topic, being seated in the heavenly realms. Being seated in the heavenly realms is is a mind-blowing, very hard to wrap our minds around this. It's a mind-blowing concept that the Holy Spirit needs to open up to you. So let's start with prayer and hopefully praying along with me Every single day, you're going to learn a little bit more about praying the scriptures and gain that confidence in your own prayer life as we seek the Lord, remembering the goal is to know him, to know him better. So that is our goal in prayer, not just to say the right words, the right formula, but to receive from God and to ask. Jesus said, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. And the word there in the Greek for seek and ask and knock in the in the tense in the Greek means continuously. Don't stop. Don't stop seeking because God is eternal and deep, deeper than the ocean. I mean, the ocean is like a little puddle on the sidewalk compared to the Lord and everything there is to discover about him. And I truly believe that when the Lord created the universe and the heavens and how infinite they are, all the galaxies, the the universe is stretched out. And it's so cool. It says that in the Bible that, that God stretches out the heavens and scientists now know that the heavens are accelerating and stretching out. And that is in the Bible. And that was, it wasn't written by a scientist. It was written by a person who was inspired by the Holy Spirit. But that height, the highest heights of the heavens and the lowest depths of the sea, I believe in my heart that God gave that to mankind because we have a curiosity to explore and to discover. And it's a picture that he wants us to keep exploring and discovering him. He's revealed himself in his word to us. And so what we're going to find is not going to be different than what is in his word. It's going to go deeper into that word and into our relationship with him in a transformative, mind-blowing way. So here we go. That is what prayer is about. Brianna, why do you talk so much about prayer? Why do you go on and on about it? Good question, because it is so important. <laughs> it's so important, and it's what we have. It's our relationship with the Lord, talking to Him, listening to Him. We should be doing this every day and not just telling Him everything we want. Let's listen. So let's listen to the Lord today. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you that you created the highest heavens for us to explore and look into and wonder and to create a curiosity, Lord God. Thank you that you created a universe of exploration. And this is a picture, Lord, because all of creation reflects the image of God. And Lord, it explains things to us about you. And Lord, I pray that we would develop that curiosity about you. So we ask you today, 
to reveal yourself to us, Lord. Open our hearts and minds as we explore your word and as we learn about you. We want to know you, Lord. We want to know you better and better and deeper and deeper and to know your love, which is beyond all real human knowledge, but you provide that knowledge through your Holy Spirit, as it says in Ephesians 3. So we ask for that revelation and that you strengthen us in our inner beings, that Christ will dwell in our hearts through faith, Lord God. Thank you so much, and that we can explore this love and this power today together. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so when I was studying Ephesians, and you may have noticed this in week three, day two, I was like, hey, I'm just reading along. And I was like, heavenly realms when I'm reading chapter two, because you know, it says there that um, we're seated with Christ in heavenly realms. I was like, wait, this sounds familiar. I wonder what that means. So I asked the Lord, God, can you reveal this to me? Show me what this is. I want to know more about this heavenly realms thing, because it sounds so like out there. It sounds so like, or you know, and I was like, okay, God, show me. And then he just said something really simple because God is practical. Okay. (laughs) He's practical. And he just spoke to my heart, pull out your Bible app and look up heavenly realm. So I did it. I just picked it up, opened it up. And do you know the only place this phrase is used in scripture is in Ephesians? And do you know that there are one, two, three, for five places in Ephesians that refers to the heavenly realms. Hmm, I see a theme here. (laughs) It is all through Ephesians. Paul wants us to understand, and the Lord wants us to understand, because he's the one that had Paul write this. He wants us to understand. Um, Ephesians 1.3, and this is in your book in page 45. It says, Paul reveals his first assertion is that we're blessed in the heavenly realms. There is a blessing. And and we're not talking about whenever your Southern grandma says, oh, bless your heart, you know, whenever you do something stupid. Um, We're not talking about that. And we're not talking about saying a blessing over your food, like God bless grandma and grandpa and our food and our doggy in Jesus name. We're not talking about that. We're talking about God's favor. And when God blesses you, that is powerful. God's blessing and his favor on you, it brings abundance. It brings not like just physical abundance, but it brings emotional and spiritual abundance, relational abundance, and you're blessed in the heavenly realms. And God is going to continue to pour out his blessings on you for all eternity even though in this life you have rejected him and you've sinned against him and you've ignored him and you've been weak, but because of his great love for you, he has chosen and out of his great mercy for you to bless you in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That's awesome. Okay. The next one is Ephesians 1.20 that says Christ is currently seated in the heavenly realms. It says he exerted his power when he raised Christ from the dead and seated with him, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. So we know that Jesus is there right now. A lot of people, when they realize Jesus is not here physically on the earth, they'll say, well, they'll talk about Jesus in like the past tense, you know, the way you will about someone who's deceased. Jesus is not deceased. Jesus was deceased and Jesus rose again from the dead. Do you know there's even extra biblical 
evidence for the resurrection of Christ. Do you know that the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they had record of this and they recorded that the disciples stole Jesus's body. So they actually recorded and spread the word that someone stole something from his tomb. It's not in it's not just in the Bible. So we know that Jesus is not in that tomb because the people that were his enemies said he's not in the tomb and they said that it's because someone's lying. And then you have Josephus who was not a Christian, but he was a historian of the Roman Empire and he was a Jewish historian of the Roman Empire, but he reported that Jesus rose from the dead. And he reported that Jesus worked amazing miracles. So these are extra biblical sources that prove that Jesus is no longer in the tomb. And there is so much there to be covered, but we can't do that today because we're talking about heavenly realms, except that he is seated in the heavenly realms in at the right hand of the Father. So the next place that we can see is we were raised up with Christ and seated and he seated us with him. So we don't seat ourselves in the heavenly realms. God raised us up at the resurrection with Christ and seated us with him. Now, what does that mean? That we are seated. If you are seated and you're a king and you're on a throne, that throne represents and is authority. Authority has is power. Power. I mean, great kings of old, they could just with a single word, put someone to death um, or give them back their life. Like Pharaoh did that when Joseph um, gave his dream or interpreted the dream of the baker and the cupbearer and the cupbearer was restored to um, Pharaoh's to Pharaoh's service and the baker was beheaded just like Joseph um, prophesied about the baker's dream. And so kings have authority. So when we're seated by the right hand of power, We are seated in Christ, and that is where we're preserved, according to Colossians 3, above all rule and authority and power, because it says that in Ephesians that Christ is above all rule and authority and power. So this is exciting. Is anybody else excited? I'm excited. Okay, let's see where else. Ephesians 3.10, his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Now, are these talking about the senators and the congressmen? Are they in the heavenly realms? No, not unless they're seated with Christ Jesus. So that's not what it's talking about. It's not talking about an earthly authority. There's something going on where God is proving a point to rulers and authorities that are above us in the heavenly realms. And he is using the church. And it says through his manifold wisdom, that means his many faceted wisdom, his plan that has all kinds of facets, all kinds of angles, and all kinds of coolness, um, that he has made, he's kind of put the word out to them. And we already read in Ephesians chapter two that the enemy is the ruler of the kingdom of the air. So we know that the enemy is above us, physically above us in a realm that is not like just walking around on the earth. So we know there is something going on and it's clear throughout all of scripture that God and Lucifer 
are at war. And we know from scripture that Lucifer was an angel, an angelic being who at one time was in the very throne of God, room of God. And in some places in scripture, it talks about the fact that he was possibly a musician and the worship leader of heaven, um, which makes a lot of sense to me because he's actually the complete opposite now. He is against God. Instead of bringing adoration to God and leading people to worship God, he is now the complete antithesis, leading people away from God, lying about God, slandering God, twisting things, um, and just leading this revolt. He led a rebellion in heaven, a third of the heavenly hosts, Um, were swept out of heaven in this rebellion and cast, they were overcome, they were defeated, and they were cast down. Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verse 18, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. When his disciples came back, they were shocked. They said, Jesus, we have authority and power to cast demons out of people. And so they said it in such a, such a surprising way that you'd think it wasn't like a regular occurrence. <laughs> it wasn't something that was happening all the time in Israel of that day. De- in that day, but they came back. Jesus sent them out, seventy-two of them, two by two, to tell everyone, "Repent! The kingdom of heaven is at hand." And they came back saying, "Well, we did that. We went out and we shared about your kingdom. Remember, we're talking about a kingdom that is not of this earth." And we told them to prepare themselves for it. And guess what followed that kingdom? Miracles, signs, wonders. And the enemy was fleeing and being cast out of people. And Jesus is like, yeah, that's not a big deal. Because I saw, I was there when he was cast out of heaven. And he tells the disciples, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the evil one. Nothing will harm you. And then he says this, however, do not rejoice that the spirits um, submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That is so cool on so many levels. First of all, Jesus gives us authority because all authority is from God. And God can do with that what he wants, but he gives it to people who love him and who serve him and who he com- who he commissions to go into all the world. And so he told his disciples, go into all the world, preach the gospel, um, and he gave them authority and he gives you authority. You have authority in Christ because you are seated with him at the right hand of power spiritually. Now you're not there physically, your spirit is in your body, but you there is something of you that is seated there. Your promise is there. Remember, this is cool because that's kind of like your little deposits there. And we talked about last week how we are sealed with the deposit of the Holy Spirit. So it's this little exchange. God has you there in in, um, authority and he has his authority inside of you through the power and presence of his Holy Spirit, which is God himself in you. And in that authority, you can cast out and cast down the devil. It says in Romans, it says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. So that brings us to the next part in Ephesians 6, 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly realms, heavenly places, Booyah, right there, Paul ices the cake. He says, not only are you blessed, and we all love that. 
I'm blessed in the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm blessed. You are raised up and seated in heavenly realms. He was seated. And then because of Christ, because of what he did for you, because of his death and resurrection, and because it is by grace you have been saved through faith, not by works, lest anyone should boast, you are seated with him in heavenly realms. And you are making an example of to the devil. Because guess what? The devil is unredeemable. He cannot be redeemed. He cannot be forgiven for his sin. He cannot be forgiven for taking and trying to overthrow heaven itself with a third of the angels. The The Bible says that hell was created for the devil and his followers, his angels. God did not create hell for people. He created it for the devil uh, and, and those angels that followed him. And so he is making us an example. He's saying, look, devil, you tried to destroy my people. You tried to destroy Adam and Eve. You tried to, de- you tried to lead them away from me. And it may look like it worked for a while, but guess what? I have raised them up. And not only did I raise them up individually, I have raised them up corporately and they are one person. They are one and we're an example to him. And in that example, and you know what? When we work together, when we pray together, when we battle together, we have more authority and power over the devil. Jesus says, where two or more of you are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of you. And if we agree on anything in his name, the Lord will do it. So we also wrestle against the enemy in in the heavenly realms. So there is a battle that goes on above us in the heavenly realms. And notice the word realms is plural. So when the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens, plural, and the earth. Did you notice that? The heavens and the earth. The devil and his angels, we're not battling them in heaven where there are streets of gold. We're not battling them in God's throne room. But when we do spiritual warfare, there is a battle that goes on in a realm above us. And it is not just like right here on the dirt. There is there is something else that goes on there. And all through scripture, there's more more clues about that, which we do delve into in the studies. So you've got to read the study because there's more in the book. So you got to get into that and dig into that to find out more. But come back tomorrow and we're going to talk about overcoming the way that Jesus said we should be able to overcome in his power by the word of our testimony and the blood of the lamb and not living a defeated life. So God bless you and we'll see you tomorrow. 